You're listening to Why This Universe, a podcast where we break down the biggest ideas in physics. My name is Shalma, and I'm a PhD student at NYU. And I'm Dan Hooper. I'm a theoretical astrophysicist at Fermilab and at the University of Chicago. So a few episodes ago, we dived deep into the world of neutrinos. We learned that neutrinos can change identity between the three different types. That's what we call neutrino oscillation. And these oscillations mean that neutrinos aren't massless. Instead, they have a very small mass. In episode 37, we talked about how this neutrino mass led to a prediction of a different kind of neutrino, what we call a sterile neutrino. These sterile neutrinos would be even harder to detect than normal neutrinos, but if we found them, they could be able to explain the dark matter. So today we're hopping on for a special kind of episode with a special guest to give an update to that old neutrino episode. So just last Wednesday, the Microboon neutrino experiment at Fermilab announced the results of over five years of hard work. Today, we have with us a Fermilab neutrino scientist, Pedro Macado, who's going to talk to us about what the microboon results mean for the theory of sterile neutrinos and also just the future of neutrino research. So welcome on, Pedro. All right. Thank you very much for the invitation. I, I need to say, Shalma and Dan, that I love your podcast. Oh. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. <laughs> thanks, Thank Pedro. You. It's so nice. Yeah. So thanks for coming on and, and explaining this to us. So maybe first we can just talk about what the purpose of the microboon experiment was. So just, just in case, like I'm not part of the experiment, um, so I'm, a, I'm an outsider. But the, uh, the purpose of, of microboon was basically twofolded. Um, one, to understand what is happening with the miniboon anomaly. Right? What, what is the origin of this mini-boon anomaly? We, we can talk about that eventually. And the other one is to understand how neutrinos interact with argon. Although this may sound like a you know, very technical question, it's a very important question to the neutrino program at Fermilab. Okay, wait, so just a few things. So you're an outsider, but you're still a neutrino scientist. You're just not an experimentalist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a theorist, actually. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, welcome. Um, <laughs> so if you made a list of like neutrino theory experts in the world and rank them from the most famous and prominent and expert whatever to the least, Pedro would be pretty close to the top of that list. Right. Oh, your guys are too kind. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk more about what that mini boon result was that the micro boon experiment is, you know, trying to address. Yeah. So the 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 mini boon result is uh is what we call like an, an experimental anomaly. So basically, I, I I know that you guys covered uh, neutrino oscillations in some other podcast in some other episode, uh, but just to recap, uh, neutrinos oscillate because they have different masses, and we have observed like when we produce reactor neutrinos, oscillations at distances of about two kilometers and other kinds of oscillations at distance of like 60 kilometers or so. And these two different oscillations tell us that there are two different masses. And if we have three neutrinos, we're done, right? So um, this is just to say that we think we understand the neutrino oscillation framework like pretty well. This result of Minibun, the old experiment, uh, they see something that, so they produce one kind of neutrino and they detect another one 
So it really looks like oscillations, but it shouldn't be. The distance is like a factor of a thousand too short to see any oscillations. So this is why we say that um, the mini-boon anomaly could be explained by uh, some new kinds of neutrino that would induce a new oscillation uh, uh, pattern, right? So good. So let me kind of just re- put in my own words what I think you just said, Pedro. So we know there are three kinds of neutrinos, which means there are two different mass differences between yes. those three masses. And we measure oscillations between those types of neutrinos at those two different lengths uh, associated with those two different masses. Exactly. But then Mini Boon comes along and sees oscillations or seems to see oscillations at a third length scale, implying a third mass difference implying a fourth neutrino. Exactly, exactly. So would that fourth neutrino be the sterile neutrino, or is that just one of the options? So uh, if you interpret the Minibone result uh, uh, in terms of, of oscillations, you need to have a sterile neutrino. Hmm. You, you cannot have oscillations at these distances within the, the, the standard model. Um, and this sterile neutrino would have to like have a mass of about one electron volt, so it's pretty light. Uh, but you know, sterile neutrinos are very hard to measure, no? So, and there are lots of good reasons why there can't be a fourth active neutrino, like a fourth regular neutrino. We know from cosmology that's true. A bunch of cosmological observations we know from a bunch of accelerator experiments. There's not a fourth regular neutrino. So if there's a fourth particle, these things are oscillating with. It has to be a what we'd call a sterile neutrino. Okay, cool. So that was a result that seemed like it was promising that maybe there was some new physics here, maybe the sterile neutrino exists. So so what's the deal with the microboon experiment, right? This new experiment that's readdressing that that result. Yeah, so um the deal about the microboon experiment, I think in a nutshell, is that it is a much more precise experiment. Okay? So basically the way Miniboon detects stuff it makes it very hard for them to distinguish uh, signals coming from electrons from signals coming from photons. Uh, that doesn't mean that they, they don't know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, but it's um, it's much harder to like hash out the signal from the backgrounds there. Microbone has this ability that um, basically they, they, they're sort of built to understand what is an electron and what is a photon in these events. So uh, the, one of the main goals was to actually understand if the excess of events, right, this anomaly that Miniboon, the old experiment saw, was on photons or on electrons. If it's on the electrons, it is kind of pushed towards sterile neutrinos, and that would be extremely exciting. If it's on photons, it could actually be uh, some backgrounds that we actually do not understand properly, some some complicated reactions that, that are not calculated properly. Mm-hmm. So in other words, like things that don't break our standard model, but like, or just like, you know, precise calculations that people didn't really do. Exactly, exactly. That, that are things that break the standard model. And there are times that the standard model break us because it's too hard <laughs> of a calculation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, great. So do you think before we talk about the results from the experiment that you could give us like a quick rundown of how the experiment works? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so the way this experiment works, I, I'll try not to be like technical. So the, the, uh, this experiment is what we call a liquid argon time projection chamber, big word. 
That's not technical at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically a a big box full of argon, liquid argon, right? The noble gas. And the nice thing about that is that when a charged particle travels through liquid argon, um, it ionizes, so it it, it liberates electrons. You put uh, an electric field, these electrons drift and get detected. When you detect these electrons, you can reconstruct like the path that the particles traversed. So you can reconstruct the tracks. So in some senses, like it's like taking a picture, but with electrons instead of light. And this picture, the nice thing is that it's a three-dimensional picture. Okay. So in every single time a neutrino interacts in the detector, they will see tracks associated to all the charged particles that were produced. So yeah, so that that's one minute on how the detector works, right? <laughs> so drum roll now, right? Yeah, so big drum roll. So I mean, if you Googled this, you could also just find the answer already. <laughs> so so Pedro, did Micro Boone see evidence of sterile neutrinos? They did not observe evidence of sterile neutrinos. So um, within, if, if you think about what Minibun sees. The way that the, the, the microbun laid down their analysis is that they tried to translate what Minibun saw uh, in terms of sterile neutrinos to translate to their detector. And within doing that translation, they did not observe any signs of sterile neutrinos. And how how bad is this looking for the theory of sterile neutrinos? Are, are people now like rolling it out or is it just like we'll have to adjust it slightly? Well, it, it is a bit tricky because you see... You know, uh, I don't believe I'm going to quote Spider-Man, but I'm going to quote <laughs> Spider-Man. No, great powers come with great powers come great responsibilities. <laughs> In science, we do have something similar, which is with um, great claims comes great scrutiny. And the deal is that um, uh, the, 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 the analysis of this experiment is unbelievable. It's fantastic. The, the, the way like they look at the data in four different but complementary ways. It is, it is a beautiful analysis. They, they, they go into the nitty-gritty of like how the events um, uh, can be reconstructed in their detector, etc., how they optimize signal to background, blah, blah, blah. But um, there is one small point that I would like to see a little bit more details, which is on, on how they account for the details of the old experiment. Because, you see, the excess of events in Minibond can only be defined if you tell me what is the background. And defining the backgrounds in Minibun is very tricky. It's a very technical business, uh, but you need to go into the nitty-gritty. And the way they did that was a little bit, um, it, it was a simple thing to do. Um, but I, I would like to understand how that changed the result. Now, that said, um, I, I would tend to believe that the results may not change like from one to zero, you know? So um, I, I would still imagine that even after they take that into account more carefully, they will still see um, uh, no evidence of sterile neutrinos. And well, they, they don't see evidence of sterile neutrinos. They will still be able to further constrain sterile neutrinos. So right now, it doesn't look great for sterile. I'll just add that just because we don't see sterile neutrinos with the kinds of masses and interactions that these experiments are designed to look for, doesn't mean that sterile neutrinos don't exist. In oh, fact, yeah, almost all of us think they do. That's how neutrinos get their mass. But they're either heavier or oscillate definitely. less frequently than the ones we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, the question the, the microbone experiment asked is, are there sterile neutrinos 
which are responsible for the minibun excess. Exactly. That's the, 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 the question that they try to ask, right? Um, you, the question, are there star neutrinos is a much more deep question, much more hard uh, mm-hmm. to, much harder to, um, uh, to probe. Okay, so we've at least learned that that mini boon excess result is not due to sterile neutrinos. It doesn't look like, um, but um, honestly, I think the the way things will play out now, and and this is the way of science, is that when you see a result that important, the community will will scrutinize it, and scrutinizing it basically means trying to find a loophole in the argument. And this is not being like a party pooper, right? It's like you you really <laughs> want to find a loophole because if you don't then it makes the result very, very strong, right? Imagine that we have 20 experts looking at this and not one of them after, I don't know, half a year or one year of work, they not one of them can find a single loophole in their argument. That makes the experiment much, much, much more interesting. And, and we are doing that. We are doing that, right? So, so we need to stay tuned for that. That takes time, but, but it's a necessary step to... Um, to strengthen the experimental result. Maybe we'll just end on a note. I'm curious, you know, what are you looking forward to now in the future? I guess you just touched on it a little bit, but um, in the future of your neutrino research and and the greater neutrino research context. Well, so uh, regarding this uh, 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 result itself, you see, they look at for sterile neutrinos. They did not find. There was a previous result where they looked for photons coming from this, this standard model background that I told you that is hard to calculate. They also did not find that. So the minibun excess is there. If it's not a standard model process, at least the obvious one, and it's not sterile neutrino, then what it is? We, we just don't know, right? So there are several other possibilities that could explain this, this anomaly including new physics, which is very exciting. Um, and what is even more exciting is that microbun itself and, 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 and other experiments at Fermilab, the, the, the SBND experiment and the Icarus experiment, they can actually probe for this new, uh, this different explanation, right? These alternative explanations. Can you tell me what kind of new physics you have in mind here? Like what kinds of particles or interactions could be responsible for this? So for instance, imagine that the, the sterile neutrino is sterile when we talk about the standard model, but imagine that it actually is part of like a dark sector, right? Something uh, that doesn't really talk to the standard model, but it has its own interactions, etc. So one possibility that, that that people have looked for is that when a neutrino comes and interacts in the detector, could very rarely, but sometimes, uh, produce a heavy sterile neutrino, which would then decay eventually leading to a pair of uh, E plus E minus, an electron-positron pair. In Minibone, if they do that, there is a big chance that they could not distinguish that from an electron. Mm. So the Minibone excess could, in principle, be due to a not-so-sterile neutrino, if I may say that way. <laughs> uh, and at, at Microbone, they, um, they would actually be able to probe that because they are, they are much like more detailed detectors. Oh, right? Cool, cool. Okay, cool. So Microboon's still going to run and take more data? Is that what you're saying? I think actually they still have, so this analysis only only look at half of their data. Hmm. They still have the other half to analyze, which is very exciting. Okay, great. Yeah, so thank you so much for for coming on and, and talking about this with us.
Thanks a lot for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be part of your wonderful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Pedro. <laughs> thanks. All right. Thanks, Shalma. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to Why This Universe. If you want to support us more and get access to some exclusive content like exclusive interview clips, Ask Me Anything episodes, the opportunity to ask us questions, and a free sticker, you should definitely join us on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash whythisuniverse, and we really appreciate all the support that we get through there. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Shalma Wegsman. My co-host is Dan Hooper, a professor of astrophysics at the University of Chicago and Fermilab. He's also the author of many books, including most recently, At the Edge of Time, Exploring the Mysteries of Our Universe's First Seconds. All music in Why This Universe is produced by Jake Kleinbaum. And Why This Universe is brought to you by the University of Chicago Podcast Network.